Welcome to my life. Welcome to all the ups, the downs, the roller coasters, and everything that we're going through here in the Kalush Casa. All right, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you guys for all the feedback you give me and all the stories you allow me to share. All right, enjoy. Here you guys go. What everybody wanted. All right, what everybody's been asking for. And, um, all right, <laughs> August 16th. So before I can talk about August 16th, I got to tell you about August 15th. Actually, maybe a little bit sooner than that, or a little earlier than that. Um, me and Amanda weren't seeing eye to eye. Uh, a lot of pressure going on with us as far as uh, my upcoming move to California by myself, right? Because uh, I was going to go to California for eight months, and the, the ship I was going to get stationed at was going to get home port Japan. So she didn't want to uproot the family and take away from the, the support system that we had over here. And I understood that, right? It's, it's tough, but we're just gonna make it work, right? Flying back and forth between here in California, and then from from here in Japan, and you know that that pressure kind of, not kind of that 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 dynamic put a lot of pressure on our marriage, and things weren't you know it weren't weren't easy. So we had a couple fallings out, uh, falling outs in uh, July and in August. And it got to the point where I just, I needed to breathe on uh, one of these days, right? I needed to, I needed to leave the house. So I left the house on the 15th and I went over to Ava's Godfather's and I stayed there just cause I ended up going through a, a bottle of tequila and, uh, crashed on the couch and I get a phone call at five o'clock in the morning on the 16th. And Amanda asked me, Fadi, do you want a divorce? And I responded, I don't know. Those words, those were the last words I got to, I got to say to my wife. And I went back to sleep. I went back to sleep because, you know, I thought that was it. She hung up on my face after I said, I don't know. And I went back to sleep. Like I said, the, the phone call happened at, at five, five for one. And I wake up and it's 6.30 and I wake up to a text message from her uh, that she had sent at 5.03. And my phone's on silent and it's on like, you know, vibrate. I heard the phone call come in because, you know, dzz, 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 wake you up. But one dzz, didn't really do anything for me. So I woke up and at 6.30 I see this message saying goodbye and, you know, take care of the kids. And, you know, the the message, the one and only right infamous goodbye message. And... I start blowing up her phone. I start calling her, and um, she's not at the house. I call my mother-in-law because my mother-in-law, like I said, was here for the month of July while I was in Rhode Island to help Amanda out with the kids. So um, I call her, and she's like, "No, nah, Amanda left around, you know, uh, 4:30ish, four something." Uh, she said she wanted to clear her head and go for a walk. So I rush to the house, and you know my mother-in-law's here along with the two kids, and Ava's calling Amanda, and I'm calling Amanda, no response. And um, at seven o'clock, I I uh, I jump into my truck and I go looking for her. So I went to the last place, the only place I would have thought of, right? Well, two places, right? The the park that me and her had our our last little morning walk and, and date at, and then I you know if she wasn't gonna be there, I was I was thinking like the beach because you know she liked going to the beach and that was that was something me and her were supposed to do um saturday morning and didn't happen so i go to the park and i pull up and i see her truck in the parking lot 
the only truck there and she's parked in the parking spot and I, I pull my truck up my headlights on her passenger side door and I climb out of my truck and I see her silhouette there and I open up the passenger side door and she's in the driver's seat with a bullet hole to her chest um, and I uh, immediately call the, the police and you know within a few minutes you know fire trucks, the ambulance, the cops, everybody's there. And, oh my God, man, I tell you, um, I'm on the phone and a lady is like, you know, try and see if you could pull her out of the truck. So I put, I open up the driver's side door, you know, and uh, I put my hand around her neck and uh, rock hard, rock hard. Um, so I left her in the truck. Uh, everybody showed up, uh, the, you know, cops and everybody showed up and and I'm just sitting there like you know what the, you know I just numb it was it was raining outside I'm sitting there just soaked and you know, I, I couldn't even sit inside my truck I, I just I I was frozen I was frozen and I was just I just all kinds of thoughts going on through my head um mainly because the kids I mean mainly because of me but like the kids and then on top of that her mother was at my house so after I got done with the cops and, you know, obviously I'm the husband, so I had to swab my hands and all that good stuff. And, um, uh, clearly I'm, you know, cleared. Right. Uh, but I understood the, the, the process. Right. Uh, so I, uh, finally, after like an hour and some change there, I, uh, I finally get back to the house and, you know, I had to break the news to her mom and, I come up to the master bedroom where she was sitting on the couch with my kids and I asked her to, you know, let me talk to you in the hallway and I, you know, she's like, what, what happened? What happened? You know, just like any mother would be what's going on. And I told her, you know, um, that Amanda took her life and, you know, a 70 year old woman losing it in front of me, crying and, you know, beating me in the chest, you know, saying why and no, and this is, that's not true. And, at the same time, my daughter right there, um, you know, listening and, and seeing this happen. And, uh, and you know, uh, her mother was just like, take me to her. I want to I want to I want to see her. I called uh, I call Ava's godfather, Chuck. I called him and uh, I asked him to come to the house so he can watch the kids. And I also called uh, two of the neighbors, Karina and uh, Teresa. Right. Uh, Karina got a five year old daughter and Teresa got a, a six year old daughter. And I needed that distraction for Ava. So those were the two people I called and I said, Hey, I need you I need to borrow your kids. I need I need somebody to come over here and just play with Ava and just keep her, you know, happy right now. And they did and um I took my, my mother in law to uh the scene and you know, everything is taped off and I parked. I, I stopped in front of the tape because, you know, I can't cross it. She jumps out of the truck and, you know, all these cops like come rushing over to her and just say, no, you can't see her. You can't see her. And she just, you know, um, she's just, you know, she's losing it. She's lost it. You know, she has two kids, uh, both of them, you know, Amanda and Nikki and twin sisters and uh, had lost her husband, uh, you know, a few years back. So it was, that's it. Kids were everything to her kids and, and now grandkids. And uh, man, I just, I felt, I felt so, so much. And, um, they tell me to take her back to the house and I, I, I do. And uh, I take her back to the house and, 
and looking back right now, I'm so happy that she didn't get to see uh, Amanda the way I had the last year. And, you know, we get to the house and, and start calling family. And family flies in from Canada, from Toronto, and uh, from California. And they drive down from Pennsylvania. And just everybody's at my house, like as far as my neighborhood goes. Everybody's at my house and dropping food off and just being neighbors and stuff. And I'm just yeah, I'm bombarded with people. I'm bombarded with, with everything. And um, I, uh, I don't know what to do. I'm scared. I'm scared. And emotional and didn't want my daughter to see me cry like I told you guys before she saw everybody cry that day and it was um it was a wild wild day and um you know I had to start something that I didn't know you know what it, what it was like you know I wasn't prepared for this I wasn't I wasn't nobody was nobody was prepared for this nobody was expecting this and um, and, and no fight that me and Amanda had ever had would have ever, you know, hinted at anything like this. And I just, you know, I was confused. And now here I am three months later, still confused. But I know one thing, right? And um, I know when, when we had Ava, she had really, really bad postpartum depression. And we mitigated that as best we possibly could. You know, we were very new to the whole thing. We were new to the, the parenthood, new to the, the hormonal changes and uh, I, I didn't I didn't see those signs this time. And I think that's why I beat myself up so much about it. I didn't see it. And had I had seen it, I wouldn't I wouldn't. You know, we the things that we argued about in July and, and August were so petty, you know, so petty. It was nothing. It was literally nothing. I, we didn't even have a fight on on Saturday about anything, anything. We just it was just a, a difference of opinion on on nothing, you know, I don't know how else to say it like that, but that's, that's what it was, and, um, you know, they, they take her body away, and I, um, they take her stuff, and, and I'm, I'm dealing with the detective that's, uh, working this, uh, time, scene, whatever you want to call it, and, um, at the same time, you know, now I, I'm, I'm in the middle of transitioning between commands, and, you know, that's why I said, um, the Navy, you know, they, they provided so much cushion for this blow and it is, I owe them so much, uh, along with the, the people in my life that responded right away like that. And, you know, there was people from Philadelphia that wanted to drive down right away. There was people from, um, uh, everywhere that just wanted to come out and I had to tell them to stop. And they, at, at one point in my house, there were just so many people in my house and, you know, I got a newborn baby and a, and a, and a elderly mother-in-law and, you know, COVID is, was still a thing, you know, not, not for whether you believe in it or not, you know, I just didn't want to take any chances. And I'm just, I don't know, man. I just, to this day, I still can't, you know, put my head around how I, I stayed standing on both feet that day. But that week, you know, um, once again, can't give her a proper viewing, a proper funeral, uh, even though, you know, we both requested to be cremated in our will. Uh, you know, I couldn't go through the proper you know, steps after you lose somebody because the state was on lockdown, the military restrictions were still there. And I'm sure everybody would have understood, but at the same time, like, you know, how much risk am I willing to take uh, around my kids and, and, and everything like that. So, you know, I, I chalked it up to, to just, you know, the, the family members that were here that flew in and uh, me, I, I dropped my daughter off with uh, Karina and, um, and we went and had a, uh, what they call ID viewing. So it's like a 15 minute viewing, uh, no embalming fluid. And, uh, we put her to rest a, a few days later. Right. Uh, 
Um, I had to go pick her up 24 hours after the cremation to, to pick up the urn. And, uh, you know, th- that was the last drive me and her took together. And now she sits in the office. And I tell you guys, man, it's a, it's a terrifying, it was a terrifying day. And that was the start of all this, uh, this, this, this roller coaster that became my life. And, you know, it just, um, that's, that's, I don't know. It just, I haven't even gone back to that park, you know, and we used to go to all the time. I used to go fishing over there. There's a little dismal, uh, dismal swamp over here, uh, five minutes outside my neighborhood. I'm hung up on that too. Right. So when I left the house, Amanda, you know, kicked me off our security system cameras. So when I got access back to the cameras, I looked at the time. She left the house, you know, so peacefully looking. And she's just so, she didn't seem like she wasn't crying. She wasn't upset, nothing. And she just, she walked out the back door. She had her purse in her hand. And she, she only carried a purse when she carried her gun. So it was 4.40 in the morning she left. And the park is five minutes outside of our neighborhood, literally five minutes outside of our neighborhood. And um, she called me at 5.01, sent the text message at 5.03. So like 20 minutes of like, what were you thinking about? What was going on through your head? Like how much pain were you in? You know, um, just just goes over and over in my head, along with that, that last sight of her, you know, and the last feel of her as well. And um that's what happened, you know, that's what happened to her, and, you know, uh, afterwards, like I've been telling you guys, these months have just been just wild and crazy, those those weeks that happened afterwards, you know, the neighborhood was dropping off, you know, food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner uh, every day, it was really nice, some of those neighbors falling off and start treating me differently for whatever reason, and like I said, I understand, people grieve differently, but, you know, we got, we got one neighbor that, um, you know, got a, a younger daughter and I reached out saying, you know, you guys you know, a little play date, like for the kids, not me, but the play date. And, uh, just after it just, it just seemed awkward and just avoiding me, even though we live right next to each other and, uh, you know, whatever, man, I don't know. People change, people change this, this situation changed my life. This changed the, the, the comfort in my own house. This changed the comfort in my neighborhood. And, and, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what happened, guys. That's, uh, I know everybody's been asking or wondering and, you know, I've, I've alluded to it a little bit and I'm, I'm just hung up, man. I'm hung up in this, in this world that we live in where, you know, everybody's right there at your fingertips with a, with a, whatever smartphone you have or, you know, whatever social media platform you have, everybody's con- like, you can contact everybody and anybody. And for you to feel alone like that, I feel so responsible, yo. I feel so responsible that she felt alone. I don't, I don't know what she was feeling. I feel responsible for, you know, I mean, I don't know. I just, she knew where I was at. She could have just came to the house that I was at. She knew where I was at. And I'm just like, why, why didn't she come to me? Why didn't she come to me? Why didn't she talk to me? Why didn't she want to just talk to me face to face? Why didn't she just ring the fucking doorbell, knock on the door, call me, and then tell me to come out front? Or just came inside, you know, it was a mutual friend. It wasn't nothing like, it wasn't, it wasn't like a, a, a man, I don't know, a fucking, I don't know. I got no idea, man. I got, still got no idea. I'm a loss of words for all this stuff. This, uh, this, this little segment has been probably the hardest so far for me to just talk about. So I hope you guys appreciate it. And I hope you guys understand, um, why I feel the need to talk about a lot of this stuff that's, that I'm about to talk about. And um, hopefully you guys watched or listened to the first, you know, few episodes before this one. 
But um, we're going to do this, guys. We're going to get through this together. All right. If not, I'm going to get through this one way or another. I'm going to get through this with my kids. All right. I got a lot of uh, a lot of reason to get through this. And um, we're going to try and push past, you know. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And talk to you guys soon. All right. Love you. Keep pushing. Stay strong.